the Hindu people they call to illusion. Ego is taking is taking us to illusion, taking us to to hear to the material, not to to the spiritual path, not to to the real. What's up, people? My name is Katie Friesen, and you're listening to Humans of the World podcast. This podcast gives you insights into human behavior. It's walking a mile in someone else's shoes, understanding why people act the way that they do. We have a Humans of the World global community where you can meet friends from all around the world. You can talk to different people. We'll have different cool little events and hangouts. This is all hosted on our Humans of the World Discord channel. If you want the link to join the Discord channel, you can find it through Instagram, that's at Humans of the World Podcast, or through the website, www.humansoftheworld.co. I would love to meet with you guys. I would love to chat with you. So definitely join our global community. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being great. And I hope you enjoy this next conversation. Today's conversation was with Kevin Sanchez. Uh, I've had a lot of interesting conversations, but for sure, this one really stretched my mind and was really fascinating for me. Uh, Kevin was born in Ecuador. He, growing up, he never really liked the conventional way of living. He went into aviation school, got a really fancy scholarship, uh, pretty much job lined up in Dubai, took ayahuasca for the first time, and then decided to kind of change the course of his life. Um, so now he's not a shaman, but he's someone that helps people realize their full potential with it. And he works with a lot of ancestral medicines. So super, super fascinating guy, super fascinating life story, um, and a lot of wisdom and respect for the natural and spiritual world. So definitely great, great conversation. I was fascinated by it. Um, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I just uh, arrived like 30 minutes ago from uh, from the farm. We're li- we're living in a farm right now. Oh, you and your yeah. your wife. Yeah, yeah, with my family. Okay, awesome. <laughs> and where is your farm? Your farm's in. You're back in Ecuador, right? So your farm's in like the countryside, or yeah, yeah. Okay. It's it's one hour away from from the city. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool um, seeing you in person because A, you and Edgar, your voices sound so similar. Um, <laughs> you guys look very similar. So for me, it's so yeah. weird seeing like uh, Edgar's brother because I guess I've known Edgar for three years now, three, four years. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we look alike a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you, is this the place where you and Edgar grew up? on the farm or or is this place that you and your wife got no uh, my, my dad he's from there uh, he has a um he has a farm there but it only he's been with that farm for six years and we grew up in in the city okay cool mm-hmm. i just a little backstory for you like yeah, I've been friends with Edgar, and I call Edgar, like, maybe my my more spiritual friend, <laughs> so he teaches me a lot about it, and he's told me a little bit about you, um, and so I've always just been curious to, to have a conversation with you. 
Yeah. And so you and Edgar, okay, let's start from the beginning. So you grew up in, um, you grew up in Ecuador. Uh, what was yes. it like kind of growing up in, in Ecuador? Um, well, it, it was, it's the city. I grew up in the city. It's not that much information about what I do, about uh, ancestral medicines uh, that I share right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's very very normal i think the the um, our childhood um but we always had this connection with with the nature with mother nature because my parents are from uh, outside the city and they grew up yes in, in a farm far away from from this system and that's okay. why little by little i feel like they were guiding us to connect again with our origins, our, our roots. And that's what uh, we are doing right now. Mm. And when did you, like, I guess when you were growing up in Ecuador, um, what was your thoughts? Like, like what, what were you thinking that you wanted to do as you were growing up in Ecuador? Or who you want to be with 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 my dad and my mother they are both in in they sell uh, materials shoes they sell we were always since we were kids we were working with them learning about uh, the business learning about uh, the system how it works uh, you have to know about marketing you have to know about this uh, how to treat people, how to talk to them so you can sell to them. But that, that was something that I wasn't that interested uh, since I was a kid. And it was very superficial, superficial for me to, to pretend something. And what I, I like about those, those memories is that my father, he always used to... For example, he was doing some business with a person. He always used to, to do it uh, not in front of us because he knew that sometimes he had to lie and he didn't want to give us that example to us. So I, I like that. But and since we were kids, we learned about that, uh, how to have a business because mm-hmm. of my mother and my dad. Yeah. So you never really thought that that was kind of going to be your life path because you didn't like it. Um, this is kind of what I'm understanding. And then, so what did you want to do if you knew you didn't really like business, more or less? I, I wanted to be me. I didn't want to follow some uh, orders from from other people. And that's why my, my, my family... Uh, used to tell me that I didn't like authority at all. Uh, but we, even at school or or with a police officer, I, I didn't like that because I I didn't want to pretend to be someone else to 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 do something that I really don't don't like. And yeah. <laughs> And how would you, so you said that you wanted to be me, like I want to be me. How would you like, I guess, I know maybe this goes against what you, you teach, but like, how would you 
describe you in, in terms of what do you mean by I wanted to be me type thing? Um, I didn't want to be pressed by something that I, I should do this for all my life. Even doing uh, what I love right now, for example, uh, with, uh, with my work with ancestral medicines, I know that this is something that I'm doing right now with a, with a lot of love, with a lot of passion, but I don't know what life has in five, 10 years for me. If mm -hmm. I close my, my, the door of, of opportunities, I wouldn't be able to grow because even in, in, in this path with these medicines, uh, you can be a little bit limited only thinking that this is a way or these are only the tools that work for humanity. Hmm. <laughs> and so how, question for you, how do you, how are your decisions guided? Like, how would you know when it's time to maybe move forward or, or kind of change what you're doing i don't know the thing is that i what i've been working on is my confidence i know that what i know is that everything is there everything is waiting for me i don't have to push anything i don't have to to press anything to to get it because it's always there it's not something i'm gonna get it's something i'm i'm going to be Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. And um, it sounds like you're very, I know you had mentioned some of the things that you're, you're influenced by, but I guess, is this kind of the mentality you said that you always kind of had, right? Because you always wanted to be you. But is this something that I guess you kind of actively developed as the years went on or kind of as your life took you? Like, how did you kind of, I guess, develop into to the person you are in terms of how you think i i guess uh rebeldy uh, i've been rebel since i, uh. I was a kid and <laughs> i didn't like i said before i didn't follow some some of the things that people used to to tell me to do and i did many things that i wasn't supposed to do uh, since i i was a kid like and what? <laughs> what thing? <laughs> for example, I I like to talk about this because I like to show people that even if they have problems, uh, we also have problems. We all have, but in in a different situation. What taught me a lot about my path was uh, my brothers, my two brothers, the the oldest brothers. They they have been in in a state of mind where they consume some drugs and they have been doing this for, for many years. And my parents used to tell me, look at them. You're not gonna be like them. Don't do drugs, don't do this, don't take alcohol, don't, don't drink alcohol, don't, um, you know, uh, don't, don't go to these parties with these people because you know they can be a, a negative influence uh, in, in your life. But I did it. I did all those things that I wasn't supposed to do. And at the end, I'm not a drug addict. I'm not, uh, not uh, I don't, don't drink alcohol. I don't, but I wanted to experience that. 
I wanted to to feel what they feel and why they want to be in that state of consciousness, because that, that's also a, a deep state of consciousness with, with those kinds kinds of substances, and and I did it. I, I did all those things, and those were guiding my path to that point where I found myself in a depression, in a deep, deep depression. And that was the excuse to drink ayahuasca. And that was the first time I drank ayahuasca. And, and was, my, yep. Sorry, question, was ayahuasca the first psychedelic or, or drug that you had tried? No, uh, before oh, okay. that, uh, um, I used to take a lot of LSD, uh, uh, ketamine, uh, ecstasy, uh, cocaine, oh, a lot of drugs, different, different kind of, of drugs. Uh, I used to take and trying one and another experiencing with them, but that took me to, to like I said, that, that depression. And after that, I found myself with, with ayahuasca. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me um and i'm sure you'll you'll i guess have some answers on this but like you kind of said that those other drugs let's say took you to depression is the words that you used and then ayahuasca you found yourself so to me it's, yeah. it's kind of i guess interesting um a why do you say that those drugs took you to depression and then b how did ayahuasca help you get out of it or find because yourself? they they show me what i'm not and ayahuasca showed me what I am. And those with, with these medicines, even for example, LSD right now in there in the United States is, is a medicine. It's treated like in a therapy. And yeah, we, with a therapist, uh, you can take some LSD. It's, it's very, very good, but you need a guide. You need someone to be guiding you if you don't have enough um, experience that that's why with those drugs i went to that part uh, the other part what i'm not and ayahuasca to, took me to from that illusion it took me to this the reality here and now and since then i knew oh this this is my path <laughs> cool <laughs> very cool um before I have a billion and 10 questions about ayahuasca, but before I <laughs> hop into that, I don't know if you're willing to share, but when you were in, let's say a kind of dark place, the depression, what kind of what was going on in your mind? What, what was happening? I was thinking a lot, but I was, the problem it was, it wasn't that I was thinking a lot. It was that I was identifying with that voice with the mind. I didn't know by that, but that time that that was the mind. I didn't know anything about the mind. I didn't know anything about myself. That that's why I I was confused. And yet ayahuasca took me from from that illusion and showed me no. This this is not who you are. This is a part of you. You don't have to reject it. You don't have to to be. Uh, angry with that voice or anything you just have to accept it and when you accept it you start working with it it's not 
your guide anymore is just a tool. The mind is just a tool that is with you in this, in this life. And what were some of the things that, again, if, if you don't want to share, no worries, but what were some of the things that at that time in your life, your mind, like, was the voice that you were hearing? Like, what were your thoughts going towards? What were you identifying uh, with? What am I doing hmm. with this? Am I doing this just to make my family happy? And my, because I, I, by, by that time, I was starting to be a pilot a commercial pilot and I stopped I stopped and that was that was when I was in my bedroom all alone in another country I was only with myself and I didn't have any excuse to not put attention to me and when I found myself I found those all those voices what are you doing uh, are you doing what you are feeling? And I knew that I wasn't doing what I was feeling. I wanted to do something else, but I also wanted to, to be, you know, that, that energy, that loyalty. I wanted to be loyal to my family because they are doing this for me and I don't want them to be angry. I don't want them to be sad. Those, all those kind of things. Yeah, interesting. And then ayahuasca just helped you accept those thoughts and then just realize they weren't, mm -hmm. weren't you. Oh, okay. So, oh, go for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so tell me about um, ayahuasca. How come you decided to, to do ayahuasca? Uh, well, that, that medicine, when I was 16 years old, uh, we had, we had a, a work to do for high school. And since I was a kid, I, the, the jungle always was, was calling me all the time. And when I was 16, I knew why it was ayahuasca. I wanted to, to experience that. By, by that time, I also had LSD. I also had many, many other drugs. And I wanted to experience that. And then when I was in at college, I also did a, a research for, for ayahuasca. And it was something that was calling me like since I, I was uh, a kid, I guess. And, and after that, I felt like, oh, this is, this is what I have to do. I, when I was with depression, uh, it was Wednesday, I remember, and I was with my phone on Facebook uh, looking for some stuff and a retreat appeared, ayahuasca retreat. It was on Friday, the same, same week, and I did it. I went, I said, I, I want to do it. This is a time I'm with depression. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't know how to handle all this stuff. I think maybe ayahuasca can give me something. And, and that was, that was the, the excuse, the depression. And also when, when I was in, in the ceremony, my intention was to understand my brothers, the, oldest bro the, the older brothers that, that I mentioned. And I wanted to, to understand them 
why are they doing what they are doing? Uh, because at the same moment, I was doing the same. They were doing with, with drugs, but I was doing the same with a career that I didn't want to. I wanted to, yeah, I, I wanted to because, oh, it's, it's, it's a pilot. I'm going to be a pilot in one of the best careers in this, in this world. I wanted to, to do something great about my life, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't my, my way. And explain a little bit more about the kind of whole experience. So there's the ceremony, what, what, what happened next? And there are some people that they meet with the medicine in a point in their lives that is necessary. That was what happened to me was that uh, I had to do it because the medicine showed me the first night I didn't connect at all. It was only painful my body hurts a lot my everything everything physical very very physical the second night i didn't want to do it because i thought it was going to be the same as the, as the first night and the second night the the people that were guiding the ceremony they told me you you can stay here if you want to you can drink ayahuasca but if not you can stay here and you still are gonna feel the energy of the medicine. So I, I did it. I stayed the second night. I only paid for two nights. And the second one, I did connect. The medicine told me that I had to stay another night, but, but I didn't have the money to, to do it. But another person uh, paid for three nights, but he only wanted to took two nights and that, that's it. And the other one, he was giving it away. So I, I got it, I got it for me. Mm -hmm. And then the third night, it was already paid by him. It was a gift. And there, there wasn't another person that could stay for the other night. It was only me. The other mm -hmm. people had to work. The other people had to do a lot of things. I didn't have to do anything else. And I stayed and on the, on the third night, and the, the medicine told me, you have to do something today. You're gonna know your path today. Mm -hmm. And during the, the ceremony, there was this woman, uh, she, she already had three nights with ayahuasca. She didn't connect because she was resisting to the medicine. She was controlling it and when I was with my eyes closed, the third night was, was beautiful, beautiful. It was a lot of love, a lot, a lot of love. And I closed my eyes and I heard her. She was screaming, saying, oh, this doesn't work, this and that. And I, I didn't know about her son or her, her husband. And I, I had this vision that her son and her husband were limiting her energy because they were consuming her and I told that to to that woman that night and she started crying and crying and crying and she 
she connected after she cried, after what I told her, she connected with, with ayahuasca. Uh, and after that, the medicine told me, this is, this is your path. This is what you have to do. You have to share medicine and you have to start now. So after one week, I left the, the academy, the pilot academy. I left everything I was doing. I was living in Argentina. I didn't, I didn't tell anything to my, my parents, uh, to anyone, even to my brother. I, I didn't say anything. And I went to, from Argentina to Uruguay to, to live in a community. And in that community, I learned about 11 different medicines. And that's when everything started. Wow. That's super <laughs> cool. That's super, uh, wow, what an interesting story. <laughs> um, and before I hop into the, the community in, in Uruguay, because I'm very excited about that. What do you mean when you say like connect? like connect to the medicine versus the woman who was resisting it versus you're not connecting to it the first night. Um, there are some resistance uh, from the body and from the mind and from the emotions. They are all the same. They don't want you to leave that comfort zone. They don't want you to to confront yourself with some energies that are hidden, that are unconscious. So during the process, what these energies do is, is that they send you some signals. For example, in the physical body, they send you, oh, I feel a headache, I feel my stomach, I feel my, my chest, a pressure in my chest, I feel my back, I don't feel comfortable. So the mind stays here in this 3D, this, mm -hmm. this state of mind. It only stays here. It doesn't go, it doesn't connect because of those, uh, those limitations, mm -hmm. emotional, physical, and mental limitations. And when you connect is, is when you have the comprehension, the understanding, the visions, when you talk to God is when you talk to mother nature, to, uh, I don't know, another beings from other planets is when you, there's a lot of things that, that can happen at, at the ceremony, uh, but you don't do it because you stay here. You stay only with, with what you are feeling in your physical body, not what you are feeling in, uh, in your soul, deeper, deeper. And so the, the third night, or I guess the second and third, right? When you felt like you really connected, um, how would you, how, what was your experience of, of connecting? How would you describe it? I had a lot of visions and I also had a lot of voices inside of me telling me, oh, look, my name is Anxiety. I do this to you and this and this and this to you. Uh, I activate when this happens to you and you let me go and play my role, play my, what I, what I do. And look, I wasn't conscious 
but now that you have seen me, I'm conscious. So it depends on you. If you want me to still take power in your life, uh, then let me do it. If you, now that you are conscious of me, of this energy, now what are you going to do? Are you going to let me do what I'm used to or are you going to take uh, the handle of of your vehicle and you're going to guide yourself with your soul, with, with the voice of your soul? There, there are a lot of voices inside of us. And the, the second night that it was all about that, those voices, knowing myself, knowing the mind, knowing the energies that uh, I've been carrying for a lot of time. The third night, it was more like connection with nature. It was, for example, I had, I had panic to see an spider or to even be close to an spider. And all those feelings were like erased at the, at the third night. Oh wow! In, even for snakes, I was, I was a little bit uh, scared of, of snakes. Now I'm not. Now for me, it's something sacred. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> and then, so when then you kind of found this other life path, path, and then you went to live in the community in in Uruguay. Yeah. How did you find them? Why there? Kind of. How did that work? And what did you learn there? Um, the people that that guide me through my further, first retreat with ayahuasca, they told me, uh, because I asked, asked them, where did you learn about this? Oh, I, I was living in a community in Uruguay. And these, uh, they were living like 10, 12 people by that, by that time and they told me if you want to learn more about ayahuasca that that was the only medicine that i knew back then and you have to go there they told me or if you want you can go to peru and they told me about a, a place in peru but it was closer uruguay it was only 40 minutes 40 minutes away <laughs> i wanted to do it the medicine told me he told me to do it I know, I know now that it's not only the medicine that is guiding in that process, it's also the soul. But I say the medicine because of their respect, because of all the tools that he has given me since, since then. Cool. And then, so you said ayahuasca is one, what would be the other, I guess, 10 or other examples of, of medicine? Is ayahuasca, ambil, mambe, rapé, cambo, bufo, yopo, iboga, eh, inguasi, eh, cambo, no, cambo, and there's another one. Eh, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Pop quiz. <laughs> One more. Sananga. Mm. Mm. Sananga. Okay. Yeah, Sananga. 
Um, okay, quick question. This community, was it like an indigenous type community or like, like this year was no. just a normal community. They just knew a lot about ancestral medicine. Yeah, the, it was a normal community. But the uh -huh. thing is that many people from different uh, parts of the world, they used to go there to share medicines from Italy, uh, from Spain, from Mexico. They used to go there to, to share medicine. And that's where I found out about a lot of medicines that, that they share. And, and I learned with them. There was this, this person, a doctor that quit and the medical school, quit everything. Well, he has a degree, but he likes this, this path with ancestral medicines. And they thought us, the people there, about the medical part of these medicines because it's very mm -hmm. important. For example, there's a person that is uh, with diabetes taking insulin twice a day, or he cannot do Campbell, for example. He has to stop with insulin for four days, and then that person can do Campbell. And, and we have both parts. The, the modern part that is the medical and the ancestral part that is the chance, uh, the, the moving of the energy, the cleansing of the energy with tobacco, Palo Santo, um, the, the instruments, how you play the instrument, when you have to play them, when you need silence, and uh, when you have to help that person to, to get rid of, of an energy or when you have to just leave the person alone and that person have to be in charge of, of cleansing themselves. And it's, it's both parts, the ancestral and, and the medical, the modern part. Wow, that's super, super cool. And then how, like, what do you do each, I would assume each of these different medicines kind of play a different role or what kind of roles do they play? What, what do they do? How do you know what medicine to someone should take? Like all those kind of things. It, it depends also on the intention or the purpose, why, why they want to do it. Let's say that a person uh, now is conscious that in the stomach, let's say he has a... Um, a problem, gastritis in the stomach. And he knows that it's emotional. Oh, then he should do Campbell to know that emotion and to get rid of it. And for example, let's say that someone wants to, to break the mind and go deeper without control, without resistance of the mind. Oh, you should take... Um, Bufo, Bufo Alvarius, because that with, with Bufo is very, very difficult to have control. You just have to let go. And with Rapé, is another medicine. Uh, it's a powder that goes in, in your nostrils. Um, oh, I, I have a headache and I know because a lot of negative things that I'm thinking about and I'm going around and around in those thoughts. I, well, you should do rapids so you can clean your, your mind and you can see with clarity. 
<laughs> it depends so always depends on, on the person and on the intention i see so if you were to guide someone you would kind of listen to their intention and then based on what what they kind of need or want that's what you would recommend i guess or guide them through yeah what i do is like you just said uh, i listen to them and then i say what i see what they can do because what i do is only suggestions i don't tell people what to do because that's that's about bad karma you cannot tell people what to do you can suggest something but if they want to do it great if they don't want to do it well is the their decision but if if you tell them what to do and they don't do it is like a, a wall they're not receiving your energy is there's no equilibrium there's no um when you give you have to also receive so the energy is flowing but if the person if you tell a person what to do and they don't do it the energy is not not going to flow oh interesting super interesting and then you said also with these medicines like it's also important like the chants the silence kind of the drums all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um so there's like a process in terms of the way I guess every medicine is administered or is that kind of separate? How, yeah, how does that all kind of play in, into effect? Yes, but with every person is different. Okay. For example, there's people that they don't like to do chants because they like silence and they like to guide people through that silence. But it's not that they are not saying anything. It's just that inside of them, they are playing a different life in that person. For example, what I do is more external. Um, kinesthetic, I think is a is a name. I need I need to to be with people, in front of people, so I connect better and I can feel them and I can see what's there, what's those energies that they're carrying unconsciously. And I can do something about it when I'm there. My wife, she doesn't need to be there. Uh, when I was in Mexico just, just days ago, um, my wife, she received a message that I was gonna be in a process with Bufo Alvarius with a person in Mexico that she didn't know because she received internal uh, messages during her dreams, during her sleep. And the next day she woke up and she told me, oh, this is gonna happen, this and that and that. And when she's in a process with another person, I'm talking and she's there just sitting like this in silence. And she's listening to that person and inside of her, she's like changing the game inside that person, the, the unconscious game that that person is playing. Interesting. And where did you, where did you meet your, your wife? In the community. Ah, oh, okay. Cool. 
And how yes. long, and then you guys got married shortly after, or are you not married, or like, how did, how long have you guys we, been together since then? Uh, since then, I met her uh, the 11th of October, and after that, after one week, we were together. It Aww. was some, we, we already knew that it was like this. We knew each other from other lives. Uh, we also asked in the Akashic records uh, about it. And they told us that, yeah, we, we were in another life together and we met at Pag. And it's very interesting because, because of the connection that we have, we even can see each other in our dreams. And we wake up and we say, oh, you were there? Yeah, I was there. What was happening? This and that. Oh, I was there too with that, that person. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's so interesting to me. And then you said, like, you guys were, I just, I just read another a book. It was called Many Lives, Many Masters. Um, <laughs> it was super, super interesting because um, it's the first time that I've really been exposed to like the idea of I guess reincarnation or living different lives and your spirit traveling so do you have any like insights into that like what what do you believe or what do you think or, or about kind of reincarnation or living in different lives I believe in reincar reincarnation but I also believe in death I also believe in transcending from this body uh, it's not that that's a, a big question for me because i don't have anything specific and i don't like to be a specific like for example when you you told me uh, about a shaman about being about calling me a, a shaman uh, it's not that i don't like that that word is only that I know I'm more than a shaman. I'm, I cannot limit myself in just one, one word because what I do is deeper, is deeper. Is, and it's not something that I say, oh, uh, uh, I'm better than a shaman, I'm better than, no. It's, I know that I can do more. And I don't want just to be limited by a word. <laughs> and I know you had mentioned to me, but I guess for, for anyone listening, how would you, I guess, how would you describe the duties of a, a shaman versus how you see yourself um, and what you do? Uh, something that I just remember is that when I was in Colombia uh, drinking ayahuasca, I was with a shaman, uh, uh, a woman, a medicine woman. Uh, her name is Maria. And this woman told us before the ceremony that if we wanted to be clean, if we had an energy and we wanted someone else to clean it, uh, we can tell her. Uh, and when she was, I told her at one point that I had an energy on my back that I wanted to get rid of. It was just right here. And 
I saw her. I saw her her soul coming out of her body and cleaning me and blowing my head, like cleaning all that panema. That's the name of of the the energy that goes around your mind. Panema is like a cloud that doesn't let you see more far away from the superficial. And I felt that that energy of, of the shaman and I said, wow, they they have to clean that energy, clean that person, that body. And sometimes they get with those, they go home with those energies and they have to do a, a, a deep job to get all those things that are not part of that person out of that their physical body. And I, I do that, but I, I respect them a lot because they put everything, everything they have, everything. It, it's, it's very different when you feel that love of that person taking those energies away from you because they are, they are taking your life. And I remember that because I knew by, by that time that I didn't want to do that because it's very hard. I do it now a little, not that much because of the amount of people that I am used to, to attend. And I have to be clean. I have to be with, um, with force. I, I cannot be weak. And that's why they do it. It's, it's, it's very, very hard to, to clean a person. And imagine a person, uh, an alcoholic for, I don't know, 20, 30 years, carrying all those years with that energy growing and growing and growing. And then a shaman has to take it away from that person. It's something dark that they do those energies are very dense and I don't, I don't like to work in that uh, with those energies. When I see some of those energies in a person, I, I try to, to put it in another person to, to say, sorry, I cannot do this job. I'm going to recommend you to another person that does that, that work that, dense work with those energies oh okay and so how would you describe what what you do for everyone i i'm just there with the people while i share the medicine i'm just there guiding uh, but i'm just there when I'm, when I'm in the process with some people, for example, in Cambo, Cambo is a, is a detox, a physical, mental, and, and emotional detox. And sometimes they refuse to, to, to accept that energy that they are feeling. What I do is I, I absorb that, that energy and I vomit it. Even if I don't have medicine on, on me, uh, I vomit that, that energy. And that's me there just channeling an energy. 
or when I'm guiding, I know that I'm not guiding. Is something great, something big, bigger than than me that is doing the work, but I I have to let myself do it. If I resisted, I also I became I become part of that illusion. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Cam bull, you said. What was the medicine you you mentioned? Yeah, Cambo. Is that the, the medicine Edgar had, had mentioned something just at the start of COVID, but he said that you had come back and given like Edgar, Manny, and a couple of the other friends. Was that the medicine that they, they took? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. He was telling me a little bit about it. Um, I heard a little bit about the history of, of Kambu from, from Edgar, but do you mind like kind of explaining the history of that, that medicine? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, this this medicine, what the the tribes, the indigenous people say, is that when uh, people from Europe went to to those parts in the Amazon, they brought some disease, some, and people got sick in those communities, and they the people were were dying. They didn't know what to do because it was strong. And a shaman back in, in a community, a shaman took ayahuasca and asked the medicine what he could do so he can save his people. And the medicine guided him to, to the frog, to the combo, and told him about all the process, how to get the, the medicine, how to, how to extract the medicine, how to, to put it in, how to apply it in the persons and by dots, little burns that you do on your skin. And then you put the dots in there, the medicine, and the skin is, is going to start to absorb the medicines in just seconds maybe 15 to 20 seconds it's very fast and that shaman healed his community and all the other people around he saved his, his community this they don't they don't know yet how much time they have and they have been applying this, this medicine but it's not that old as ayahuasca or other other medicines okay interesting and then edgar was telling me and i think it was this one too that like now like some indigenous tribes when they would go out let's say to to hunt or something they would put kambu or something on to protect themselves or am i getting that right <laughs> no they, they do it to release the toxins from their okay. bodies so so the animal cannot smell them they they cannot trace where where they are so it's better for them and easier for them to to go hunting and they do a lot of dots they are walking and drinking water and doing and applying the medicine you can see them they are all marked their their, their arms their legs their chest they're all, all marked with with the dots wow interesting very interesting. 
And then what's the history behind um, ayahuasca? Like how did ayahuasca come, come to be? Uh, ayahuasca, what I learned is that before ayahuasca, there was only tobacco. There was a, a mixture uh, like, like ayahuasca, you drink it. There was tobacco like that mixed with other herbals and they used to take it and they found ayahuasca because of tobacco because the, the, the medicine guide them how to cook the ayahuasca, the, the root, the, the leaves and how to do all, all the process. Cool, cool, cool. And then for you, like how, how do people find you or how do you guide people? Like how, how does this whole thing work? <laughs> and now I'm working on Instagram, uh, but most of the people that we attend, they are because of someone else recommended uh, Cambo or Rappé or uh, varius. I used to I used to share ayahuasca, but the same medicine told me to choose. Uh, the last time I did ayahuasca, the medicine told me you have to choose between me. I can guide you. I can show you the way. I can show you how to do it, and you can go deeper with me and, and heal more people. Or you can choose Cambo and Bufo and these, these two medicines are very good with your energy. You know more about them than you know about me. And it told me to, to choose or I can do ayahuasca, but only ayahuasca and rapé and sananga, but without sharing cambo and bufo. And, and I chose those cambo and bufo. Because they went better with your, your energies. Yeah, I I flow I flow better with with them. Okay, wow, that's super super cool. And then your your wife does she I guess specialize in in some medicines or or what what exactly does she do? Uh, she's well right now because of um, the baby, uh, all oh. her energy is with with her. And so she's not, she's not working, but still she received messages uh, of the people that I'm going to attend. Oh, interesting. Very, very interesting. And so like you, you, you're very conscious and very spiritual, I guess, when you come back to, or I guess when you're interacting with especially like western i don't know how much you're in the united states or in in north america or in cities like what kind of do you feel or think when you about the people or something in in cities all the time less connected to spirituality and nature um it used to be hard for me because of judgment is the for me is the principal energy that takes away your energy, your vital energy, when you go to, to the city. Because when you judge, you compare. 
you have this information and you know some of some things they should be done in this way but this person does it in another way so i'm i'm going to judge this person because i'm making this compare comparison and saying mm, uh, this is not good is good how i think it is and when i got that energy unconscious judgment i said to myself oh I, i'm judging a lot um and not being myself it's not that I, that that the city has a very bad energy very low low vibration it's not that it could be that the cities are always going to be like that but who am i to judge if i can change myself if i can do something about it it's just for me it's just my perspective it's just my life city is always going to be the city i cannot do anything about it interesting and and talk a little bit more about vibration i have a my friend my one of my closest friends um she's from guatemala and her and her mom talk a lot about vibrations but i want to hear kind of how you describe them define them what do you mean when you say vibration vibration for me is coherence for example if you think if you feel like drinking alcohol alcohol has a low vibration if you know that drinking alcohol is not good for you for your energy for your body for your emotions for your your thoughts and you still do it you're going to let yourself go in that state of mind unconsciously no not consciously because you know you have the information but you don't apply it. so inside you have that information but outside you're not doing that there's no gonna be coherence if there's no coherence your vibration is not gonna be high because you're following some of the things that are lowering your vibration for me vibration is is coherence if you do what you know you should do why doing another thing if you know you don't have to judge if you know that everything is love why are you putting that face that angry face to that person to to your your brother to your sister why are you doing that if you know that is making you and that person uh, go on a low vibration uh i don't know if you, if if i'm explaining well but is vibration is coherence between inside and outside i know that unconsciously some people don't don't have you know enough information to to say oh i know these things should be this way but that's the purpose getting to know yourself getting to know the other people that is just a reflection of yourself and you can find everything around you you don't need to search on on the internet sometimes yes but 
you have everything here, everything, everything you need is always here. So if I'm understanding correctly, it would be kind of the closer you are, I guess, just to being who you are, the closer you are to living as you were meant to, or what's kind of falls within your internal, what you actually want to live by or destiny or whatever you want to call it. But you know this because you listen to yourself. Okay. If you don't listen to yourself, you're not going to know what to do, where to go. Because you don't even know how, how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think is the biggest, I guess, problem or what's stopping people from, from living consciously, would you say? Like people in the cities are less spiritual. They don't respect we sometimes we do not respect ourselves and the people around us or the animals or nature. It's a, it's a big limitation because it's, like I said, it's like coherence. It's not flowing your energy according to what you know it should be. If there's no respect, how are you going to, to connect with other people? How are you going to take conscious decisions? They are some of the people, not all. Uh, they are only thinking about themselves. They want to do something and they don't see if they are harming to, they are harming the nature, they are harming people. There's no respect. The, they are losing respect every day, every single day. But it's not, it's not something negative. What I say to people is that uh, this is happening. All of this is happening because we like to, to learn in hard times with a trauma. Uh, some people awaken their soul, they, they realize of the spiritual path because they had an accident and in, in a vehicle. And they like, we like sometimes to wait for something bad to happen. So we know, oh no, we, we have to change. We have to do something about our lives. Interesting. And so like, I guess, why do you think that people are moving away from respect? Kind of what you're saying in terms of so things get so bad, so essentially everyone's going to wake up type thing? Or like, why do you think we're kind of more and more disrespecting the world, other people, spirits, all that kind of thing? I've been, I've been, this is a good question. Thank you for it. Because I've been trying to put a name to, to this like for two years. Uh, I, I knew something was going to happen. I didn't know it was the pandemic, but I knew something that big was going to happen so that people can realize in the quarantine, they, they can realize where they are, what are they doing. And this is a, a, a great example of the, the pandemic. And 
for me is ego, but it's deeper than ego. Ego is taking a big, big place in this in this world. And when there's no respect, there's ego because you're only thinking about yourself. You're only thinking about your interest. And you are, we are sometimes feeding that energy, that ego. And that is taking us to, to Maya. Maya is called to, they, the Hindu people they call to illusion. Ego is taking, is taking us to illusion, taking us to, to hear to the material, not to, to the spiritual path, not to, to the real. See, not, and just only here, just only here. What would you say, I know obviously the community in, in Uruguay, but what would you say has kind of influenced how you view the world? Like you mentioned Hinduism, you mentioned, I guess, Buddhism. Um, yeah, so kind of curious, like what, if you'd follow like, is it kind of the ancient Mayans, Aztecs, or kind of a combination of everything? A big, big um, influence for me was and is my wife. Um, she has four more years in this path than me. And she, for example, sometimes when I'm expressing myself, when I'm talking, she looks, only looks at me to see who is talking. If I'm the one who's really talking or if there's, or if there's a mask or a personality that is talking, if I'm pretending or if I'm being myself. And she has been like, um, like uh, I, I, told my brother once like a reality show. She's like a camera that I always have. So I cannot pretend. So I know that someone is recording me and someone is like testing me, proving <laughs> that I can be better all the time. And it's, it's a, it's a, this example I, I give to, to many people uh, so they can see themselves as, as someone beside them that is recording with, with a camera so they can act right. They can be themselves, like I said before, and, and stop pretending. And how would you suggest for people to dissolve their ego or kind of become more aware of what's pushing them or what, what's masking their actual selves. Listen, start listening to, to the voices inside because sometimes we think that only we have one voice, but we have many, many, many voices. And this, I want to, explain it with uh, an experience that I had with uh, a medicine called Jopo. 
uh, when I took Jopo, um, people told me before doing that ceremony that I was gonna find myself and the things that I am not like those masks or or personalities that we pretend to be. And first, when I started with with that medicine, there was a light, a big big light, at the like in front in front of me, a big big light, and I knew that was me. That was my soul, my my vital energy. That was everything that I am. But I heard a voice saying, "Is that really you?" That was the voice of the doubt. And then another voice, because when that voice appeared, the light moved in front of me, a little bit far away from me. And then another voice came to me and told me, oh no, because of the voice of the doubt, you make it go away. You made that, that light go away. And after that, that voice, it went far, far more away, but I still saw that light. And then another voice, the voice of, of um, how do you say, angry, um, that angry voice, it was an, an angry voice. Why are you doing this? You, you are putting all of those voices in front of you instead of that light that you are, you're making it go far and far away from you. And that's when I understood all those voices. They all have name. If you want to start knowing yourself, first, listen, listen to yourself. If you perceive there's a voice of doubt, put, it, put, put a name to it. If you perceive a, a, a scary voice, put a name to it. If you can, so in that way, you are you know inside who you're not, and when you know who you are not, you're gonna find yourself with who you are. I, in every single day, outside and inside with your thoughts. And like, where would you say these voices? come from like why do we have these voices we learn how to be with these voices since we were kids because when you were a kid uh, your mom and your dad you had all the confidence that they knew about this life and they were guiding you to be the best here the best katie here in this life so when you were a kid you were listening to the voices of your parents then you were growing and you were listening the voices of your aunt the voices of your professors of your friends the voices of every single person that has been in your life they have taught you a voice and because all those voices, because the people always they tell you to see outside, because outside there's, there's the truth, there's the, the real, the world, this is real. You unconsciously thought, oh, 
I have to be like them. I have to participate in this system like them. And I have to use those voices. I have to communicate with my mom in this way because if I do the same communication with my dad in this way, I don't think he's going to accept me. And those voices are not from, from us. We, we've been learning since we were kids. Interesting. Um, and then unpacking them or it's just being aware of the voices. Do you think that healing, do you think that healing to some degree, you have to know where these voices have come from? No, not all the time. Okay. Not all the time. Uh, when you heal something, sometimes you go deep and you go to the region, to the root of that problem, and and you free that energy. But sometimes you just don't don't get to know that energy. Just you just want to be freed from from it, and that's it. Question for you. Um, you know English and Spanish, right? As, as languages? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know other languages fluently or just English and Spanish? A, a little bit Portuguese and oh. some of the chants. I don't know. I know some of the chants are in Hebrew hmm. and some of them are in in the language of the natives uh, of the matzes, some of the chants that I do for for Cambo, uh, they I learned there uh, from them. Okay. But other chants are channeled during the process. I don't. I know inside what I'm telling. I know that most of the time I'm, I'm talking about love about awakening the, the spiritual love and the spiritual abundance of love, not material abundance. And, but sometimes I, I don't know what, what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the, um, I know the meaning, like I just said, but I don't know what I'm saying. I don't even remember sometimes what I, what I tell the people. <laughs> oh, very interesting. Because I'm curious, because I'd be curious to know if kind of through your, I guess, studies of the ancestral medicines, if one language kind of pops up more than other, like you had mentioned the Hindu word for Maya, right? Um, yeah. Like, so I guess that, that would be my question is, like, is there a language that pops up that has put a word to specific phenomenons more than the English language or the Spanish language has? The, the language of, of intuition is always the same because intuition is, is real. For example, let's say that you want to, to communicate with a tree or an animal. They don't have mind. They only see the real. If you're talking to a cat and ask that cat about a tree, the cat is not gonna tell you, oh, that is a tree. It looks like this and it has this fruit. It, 
it has this flower. No, it's not going to tell you that. It's just going to tell you what it sees. The real, for example, you are looking at me, but you are not looking at Kevin. You're just looking at a person. That's it. But for us, for humans, uh, we need a name. We need to be specific because we have a mind. And with intuition, you don't, you don't have mind. You just have a feeling that it is real because it is what it is. You don't have information about it. You're just looking at something that is. I don't know if I have a... No, that makes okay. sense. Okay. Does the mind, do the mind and intuition compete in your mind? No, because intuition knows that intuition is from the soul. The, they don't compete because they are one they cannot compete if they are competing if because you are still working inside yourself you are still understanding both of those energies like something separate but there's no no competition what would you say, like, what are we as humans? Like, how would you, what are we, what would you say? <laughs> is it, this is something that I just remember. Um, like two years ago, more or less, I was doing a, a course to communicate with animals by telepathy we can all do it it's just something that you have to develop in in a meditation i did it i did a class and i could talk to a dog and a cat and that only gave me like the the confidence so i can connect with with trees, with plants, with stones, I can talk to them better than I can talk to animals. And when, when I had the, this class, I was at the farm sharing bufo, sharing some medicine. And I took my, for myself, I took like 10 minutes. And I stood up in front of a big tree this tree, I didn't know the name. I, in those years and all these years that I've been there, I, I didn't realize uh, by that time that there was a beautiful tree like, like that in that area. So I closed my eyes and I, I told the tree, oh, how I would love to know your name. And I heard a voice an answer telling me you humans always put in a name to everything and a, and a vision came to me with that answer as above so below and i asked the tree 
can I know your name? And the tree told me, I'm cold like you. Down here with the roots, we are everything. We are all connected. And up here, we are all, all connected. But for you, be, um, this is something separate. This is something different. But I'm called like you. And later, like one hour later, I told my mom, do you know the name of this tree? And she told me, oh, it's called Fernand Sanchez. And my last name is Sanchez. And I started laughing and laughing because I knew what the tree was telling me that it's called like me. But in a deep, deeper way, we are all the same. It's like me. It's not that, oh, that's a tree and I'm a human. And with all this that I'm telling you, that I'm mentioning you, is that, yes, we are humans. What we are, is all of this the I don't know the 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 shoes the the tree the the plants the everything around us and inside of us is is the same. If I tell you we are this or we are that as humans, I've been lying to you because it's all it's all the same. Interesting. Interesting. What I guess um, I keep going towards <laughs> labels and calling things and stuff, but what is your thoughts on religion in the sense of like you talk about you have like visions and stuff? Um, like, how would you, in your opinion, is religion's people's expression of trying to label maybe the phenomenon that you sometimes? feel or, or get because of your connectedness i don't i don't understand too too well the, the question i don't know if yes. i understand the question i'm trying to ask but i guess like what's your given you you come like you're very spiritual right um how do you view religion in terms of like all the religions of the world from the lens and from your perspective as being a very conscious spiritual person? For me, it's a, it's a very good tool, the religion, because of my experience also with, the, with my mom and my, and my dad, they are very Catholic. And I know some things because of religion, but it's just one step in the stairway to heaven. It's just one step. It's not all. Like, for example, what I do with ancestral medicines is, is big. I cannot say it's bigger than religion because some people have connected in a, in a trance, in a, in a spiritual way during a, a, a ceremony in the church. Uh, in the same way they do it with Bufo and they feel like they are all connected with nature, with, with all. And, but it's just one step. It has limitations. 
because they tell you they are the truth and everything else is not the truth. There you can see something that is not quite right because you are not accepting and you are making people to reject, refuse the existence of another religion that for us is a Catholic religion. Uh, for others is Buddhism, Hinduism. Uh, there's a lot of, of religion, but is is the way you can have information to get to know each other and get to know God. But after you have that information, you have to keep your your path and your way by by your own. Uh, I. With religion, maybe months ago, I just embraced the fact that it's real, it's, it's happening, it's part of, of, this, of this world, and I have to accept it. I have to. It's, it's like a duty. I have to, because if not, I'm not be coherent. Oh, I can accept uh, an alcoholic. I can accept a... a a drug addict, I can accept a person that is on the street, I can accept a, a person that tried to kill me, but I cannot accept a religious person. That, that's all, that's not being, being coherent. <laughs> why, why was it so hard for you before to accept religious people? Because of the judgment, because uh, in the in the the sentences that they use during the uh, the time at the church, they sometimes put they make people feel guilty for their actions instead of trying to tell them, "Oh, you did this? Yes, you did it now, but." the next time that you meet with this energy, the next time that you find yourself in this situation, you're going to do it better. You, you're going to be more conscious of your actions, of your thoughts, of your... Uh, that's what I used to judge because I didn't see that in a church. I didn't see that in, in religion. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And... Um... So the other kind of thing that I wanted to ask you about is like the choice that you made um, to live the life that you wanted to versus maybe a choice of security or, or the conventional. Um, was this when you decided to, after your ayahuasca experience or was this kind of a decision that you made before which led you to your, your ayahuasca experience? No, I, I after, during the process of ayahuasca, I, I received this message and I did it. I didn't think there was this opportunity for me in my life. I didn't know anything about it. Even that week, that's something that my parents used to be, uh, my parents used to be very sad about it because I had the opportunity to go to Dubai 
to study with a, a what's it? Emiratos Arabes. Um, it's a company. It's a um, is one of the biggest with with these airlines around the world, and they were giving away. Um, how do you say this? The school it was paid. The academy, all, all the career uh. was paid, and I applied. For, and you could apply from everywhere around the world and they only choose like 500 people around 250,000 people and they chose me in the same week that I had the message the realization that that wasn't my path anymore and it was all paid after I studied with them, I could work with them for five years, starting to, to gain a lot of money, like $8,000 each month. And it was all this, this future, this security, this, oh, you're going to have it all, this life. But it was the other one. You don't know anything about this you don't you don't even had a clue before that this could be in your path but you can also do it and i chose i chose this path did you ever doubt it for a moment or you just never looked no, back no 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 not even once not even once because i i knew i was doing the right thing because i felt in my chest, in my heart, and I knew it was the, the right the right way. Hmm. Interesting. And that's the same way that you felt. I know you also mentioned that meeting your wife was very impactful for you. It was the same yeah. type of feeling, or, or why was it so impactful for you? Um, it's almost the same, but the thing is that it was my decision. It was always my decision. Everything I was creating since I was born to that point of my life, it was all my decision. Even if my parents were guiding me through my, my initial years, it was always my decision. And then I realized, wow, these decisions made my wife. These decisions made my, my daughter these decisions made my work, my my path, everything, everything I have. And when is your your daughter going to be? You you have your daughter already, or your wife is pregnant? No, no. I she my daughter. She's eight months and a half. Oh, wow, yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. What's her name? Hesie. Hesie. Does that stand for something? What What does it mean? Or, or are you just like the I? Name? I channeled that name during an ayahuasca ceremony. Oh wow! And that means I don't know in what language, but it means infinite gratitude with God. Oh, wow! Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last kind of questions for you. Um, 
I guess first one is what would you, I guess, tell people or what would you suggest to people um, to maybe become more conscious or more aware? I know you mentioned listen, but is there anything else that you would kind of suggest people? Um, yeah, what would be your message for, for people out there, I guess would be my question. Stop following path. Stop following orders that other people tell you to, to do. Sometimes you can do it. For example, let's say that you know a friend of yours, a very good friend that does yoga. That's an excellent exercise, an excellent practice, because in that way you are finding yourself. But if you, if you do something opposite from what you're feeling, just because it worked for someone else, you will find yourself in, in delusion, in Maya. So at, at the same time you are listening to yourself, listen to what's real the other people when they're talking to you truly truly talking to you or when they are pretending to talk to you pretending to be someone else because if you also find that in other people you can change a lot you can be unconsciously around a lot of people that have been causing you to stay in that, in that comfort zone and you don't wanna go deeper, you don't wanna go because they're doing great and you're doing great, but you don't have anything to, to, anything to take you out of that, that comfort zone because they're all right, they are all good, they're all living in the illusion and they're taking you to that, to that way, to that, that path. Listen to yourself, listen to others, listen to nature, listen to the clouds, even if you think they have no sound, listen to the sky, listen to, to water, listen, just listen. Everything is always there. Like I said before, everything is always there for you to, to take the opportunity and see and feel and connect. It's always there. You've been creating everything, everything around you since you were a kid. Why not taking the opportunity to, oh, I realize now that this, this is a world that I created. I'm going to listen to myself now. So. I can see, oh, this is mine and this is not mine. This is who I am and this is just a mask that I'm using, just a personality that I'm pretending to be. Pretty good message. <laughs> um, and then last question um, for you on a personal level, like what would you define as, as a successful life? 
I don't believe in, in successful. For me, being successful is like being dead. And what is successful? Who is successful? How can you become successful? If you think that there's this place, this thing that you will do that would make you successful, then you are in the illusion, you are in Maya. Because we are, we already are. It's not something you are going to be, become, is you now. Like death, I don't believe in death because it doesn't exist. It's not that you only going to exist in this 3D world. There's more. We didn't, we weren't born. We're not going to die. We're just, this is another, another step in the stable to have. Well, thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Um, super, super interested in your story and, and kind of, yeah, getting a glimpse into to your world. So I appreciate your time and it was awesome uh, talking to you. Thanks to you too, Katie. Thanks to, well, I don't know, the people that is going to, to see this or listen to this. I hope you're, you're find a good message here or some information that will get you to that clarity that you want. And thank you for this opportunity. It's, very, it's a blessing for me and for all the, the people that are, are going to listen to this. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank bye. You, Have a good day, Kevin. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. And that concludes my conversation with Kevin Sanchez. If you want to find him or find more about what he does, check out his Instagram. That's at Cambo City Detox. <laughs> That's at K A M B O C I T O D E T O X. So be sure to check it out. Really, really uh, cool, interesting stuff. Be sure to check out the website, www.humansoftheworld.co and follow us on Instagram. That's at Humans of the World Podcast. There, make sure you join our Humans of the World global community hosted on our Discord channel. And join some other cool people from around the world. So with nothing more, I hope you have a fantastic day.